The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Good afternoon. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Watch yourself over there. Just clock the mic. <laughs> Low hanging fruit, uh, <laughs> or branches, or whatever. Okay, calm down. So, how was your Wednesday? Uh, a little busy, but you were good. here a lot today. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was here a lot today. That's that's not a joke. I was here a long time today. I got a taste of the Eric Franson life. Uh, and how did it taste? Well, I don't get the Eric France rewards of getting dinner. You know, getting a, a fancy dinner at a fancy place to, you know, compensate for all my time here. So, they didn't have their usual table set aside for you? No. With the uh, red tablecloths and the candlelight, you know, it just, it wasn't there. So, I understand, it's, you know, hmm. you're at... Uh, just one day. You're I mean, at this you high level. Work into it a little bit. Work into it a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to be here a lot in the next two weeks. Did you get the valet parking when you came to work today? No, I freaking got kicked out of my spot. I had to go parallel park. And you know what? In India, we don't parallel park. So I struggled mightily. I may or may not have dinged a couple trucks. That will leave unsaid. <laughs> but, I got, but I got parked nonetheless. I'm happy about that. Hey, uh, we talked about this yesterday. I, I want to reiterate it again today. Big shout out to all the participation we had on our show yesterday. Phone calls were great, were awesome. Yeah, that a was lot a of fun great interaction show. on Twitter. Yeah, that was a really fun show. Um, just hey, our, people were willing to say, "Hey, this is why I don't go. These are the reasons why I can't make it to every game." And that's that's great. Uh, it's what we were looking for: positive feedback, honest feedback. We're not trying to. Put anybody down. Just trying to be aware of what are the factors that are out there that contribute to these non-sellouts. Now, uh, some people are saying it got a lot of this that one of the games the attendance was looked lower than it really was because of bad scanners. But gosh, we're on the air. As soon as we get off the air, Utah State football announces this flash sale for the game this weekend. So if pricing has been an issue, oof, we'll take advantage of that sale, that deal that they just put out. So uh, trying to make it easy and relatively inexpensive to get you and your friends to the game. Because last thing we want is a host of Boise State people in that stadium on Saturday. This is a really, really important game. We're going to get more in the know as we go through the show today. On Wednesdays, it's an in-the-know Wednesday. We get to do our own opposition research, if you will, as to what the the opponent looks like for Utah State football. And we're going to do that today. Uh, Ajay, I wasn't able to make it because uh, to an interview that you did earlier today, um, was you know having one of those fancy lunches, I guess. With the you know the waiter has like the towel draped over his arm. Yeah, you got like a, and you got like this uh, little band playing songs for you while you're eating your violin. No, not a violin. It was more of a cool a quartet. 
mm. of of oh, men is that what it was? singing to you while you're eating your makes the lobster taste lunch. So I, I, I missed, hope it was worth it. That's I, I missed saying. the interview that you did earlier, so I'm really interested to see, to hear what he has to say. Uh, a beat writer, somebody who has followed Boise State for a long time. <clears> he's he's really, really good. He, by the way, he's also an AP uh, top 25 voter in the uh, men's basketball. So mm. he has some very nice things to say about some uh, about the Aggies. He's very high on them. One of the very few that is actually, and so he'll explain what he sees in Utah State uh, and just how dominating they've really been in this five-game stretch so far as the Aggies are in Jamaica. They had their first practice today. They just wrapped up. They get ready for Friday against uh, LSU and then Sunday versus North Texas. Both games are on CBS Sports, and both games will have a pregame, I believe, from you guys. Actually, no. Well, yeah, you will. Of course we will. Because they play at, wait, well, they play at five on Friday, so pregame will be at four. Yes, correct. They'll be during our show. Great, so we're going to not have any listeners. That's awesome. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. I don't blame you. Go listen to them. They're good. Yeah, Al Lewis, Jalen Moore, they'll do a pregame, a full one hour. To my knowledge, nobody else does a full one hour pregame for Utah State. So, a full one hour. I ain't doing this. Pregame. Because... You know, doing the homework and prep that's necessary. Oh, I'm out. I get So it. that'll happen at four o'clock on Friday, right up until five. The game will start. And then as soon as the game concludes, Al Lewis, some thoughts from Jalen Moore, and uh, John Russell will be in there taking your calls. So that'll happen Friday. And then on Saturday, KVNU game day for football will get underway at 6.30. So full two hours of pregame coverage, getting ready for the matchup between Utah State and Boise State. Mountain Division on the line here. Uh, Boise State is undefeated in conference play. They need to lose, and uh, Utah State also needs Air Force to lose to really help them. But uh, won't matter if Utah State doesn't win on Saturday. So we'll get more into Boise State, what we know about them and what the coaches are saying about uh, the Broncos this season. But before that, the other things are going on. Like tonight, Utah Jazz, they're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves again. Didn't they just play them on Monday? Yes, yes, they did. And really, it was the worst loss of the season in my mind, even more so than the Lakers game. Uh, the Lakers game was ugly for much of the game, but there were stretches and there were guys that were uh, out. And so you, for me, I didn't really place a lot of merit on the loss. This one is on the starters. Yes, there are problems with Utah Jazz when Rudy goes out, but the, all the starters were in the game when Minnesota went on that 20-4 to run or whatever in the fourth quarter. So this Utah Jazz team has to get some things figured out. Or they're going to be a... They'll be a playoff team, but they'll be a mediocre playoff team. They won't have home court. And if they don't have home, they're going to lose. If they have to play their teams one through three in that first round, they're done. They aren't winning. They aren't good enough to win. And so it's, and I like what you said. It's on Donovan Mitchell because he was garbage in the final stretch. He became this hero ball guy, which, which, which doesn't work. Um, and then. You know, Rudy Gobert just didn't get the touches, and the ball movement was horrible. 
it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I thought with this roster, it was supposed to eliminate the whole hero ball thing. Instead, it's gotten worse. The other problem to this is Tony Bradley just flat out sucks. Like, he, he shouldn't even be... He doesn't... He doesn't fit in NBA basketball. In G League basketball, yes, he's good there. But in big boy, big time basketball, he should not even be on the court well, at he, all. He's your third string guy. I mean, there's, there's just there's not a lot of options. Yeah, there. but okay, sure. But I mean, look, when when like you walk onto the court and DeAndre Jordan is laughing at you, and then in three of the next four possessions he dunks on you. I mean, I think I've said it once before. I'll say it again. It's like going from boxers and briefs to huggies and pull-ups. It just well, doesn't work. It, it, it puts more pressure. It should put more pressure on everybody else to, to deny those entry passes. Right? Deny the ball. Don't even let it get into the post. But they're so used to having that safety net behind them and Rudy Gobert to clean things up after them that they're letting more through than they should. So that's a big problem. Quinn Snyder did some experimenting with the lineup. He had Jeff Green for a while at the five. That didn't work. No, that's not going to work ever. I know there was just experimenting, but then they thought, oh, yeah, no, this is going to be good. But uh, I I get it that teams are going to get big eyes and say, okay, Rudy's out. We're going to attack the basket. That's going to happen. But what you can't have happen is – not being able to do anything on your end of the floor offensively. If they're going to get some points and they're just going to take advantage of the matchup, there's only so many things you can yeah, do there. Yeah, I'm with you. But what you can't do and what you have control over, should have control over, is staying where you are offensively. But when Rudy goes out, not only is it a liability defensively, but the offense also sputters. So, big game tonight to see how this Jazz team responds and how they rebound. They have to respond. Like, this is a tough little road swing they've got going. It's, I mean, there's a good, even next week, like, I mean, we have some early games. Speaking of which, we'll have an early game tonight, so it will shorten our show a little bit. But they have East games next weekend, and uh, they they need Ed Davis back. I know he's out for another, I believe, two weeks. He's going to be evaluated. So evaluated in about another week Dude, and a half. Dude, that's not going to work. Like, we, we've got to go get somebody off the off the free agent poll or, I mean, anybody who's willing to be physical because Tony Bradley is just not doing the job right now for us. Like when, when I can't remember, I think David Locke might have tweeted it out, but the plus minus is significantly dropping off a cliff when Rudy Gobert goes out of the game. It is bad. Really, really, really bad. And you, Rudy can't play 48 minutes. That's asking no. too much of the guy. So they need to figure. They got to figure something out and figure it out quick. I, and like I said, go to the even just go to the fringe pool and see what's living there. It takes someone who you know will be able to body up. You don't need points. Like Ed Davis wasn't going to give you twenty points. Call or who's in the G League right now? Can you call a big man up for a ten game contract? Yeah, just to you, help give you something until yeah. Ed Davis gets again, again. You're not looking for twenty point games. You're looking for I mean, twelve looking for quality 13, minutes, fourteen points. Yeah. Who can, I mean, just body up with somebody. That's all you're asking for, man. And granted, Tony Bradley's got a pretty rude awakening going into this. I mean, he's had to face, uh, what, Joel Embiid, uh, Al Horford, um, DeAndre Jordan, Clint Capella. I mean, he's, he's faced a few tough big guys, but he is just no match. No match for anybody right now in the NBA. 
Right. Yeah. They, the coaching staff has to keep working with him, but they've got to figure out as a team how to help him so he doesn't get exposed to that. Well, pregame coverage will be about 5.50 for us right here on The Fan. Tip-off at 6. Jazz are at Minnesota. One of those rare scenarios where you play a team on one night and two days later you play the same team. This doesn't happen with much regularity. The Jazz, it happens with them occasionally. Um, this early in the year, it seems a little silly. But coaching for coaches, they kind of like the the exercise it puts them through to prepare them for the postseason. But what is that, four months away, five months away? So, yeah. I mean, how much are you really going to remember from that one trip to back-to-back Minnesota thing you did in November? <laughs> Look back all the way to that one, right? It's late April. Yeah. No, it will. It, it, it's, I mean, and there's a lot of film, like you said, there's a lot of filming games in between. So, um, it, yeah, and it's a long stretch. I know it's really early in the season, but even as as early as it is right now, the Jazz just aren't they aren't a good basketball team right now. I know Tony Jones continually sticks up for him. You know, and he, he continually sticks up for Mike Conley no matter how bad he's shooting. But at some point, you gotta look at it and say, look, this we gotta make some changes here just for at least a little bit until things settle down. Well, what what changes do you make? Get Ricky Rubio back in training for Mike Conley. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what options are there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Dante Exum will fit. I don't know. Dude, I'm desperate. I, I think Dante... This is bad, man. Dun- we're losing so there- games because we're just not getting execution and not getting production. Right. There is a problem with the second unit. And I thought this Jazz team was going to be pretty deep and experienced that they could be okay. But they're having problems. They don't have somebody that can attack the rim. There are, they have liabilities on defense. Uh, having Dante Exum back, I think, will help. He, he's not the total answer, but he does provide a better defender on the perimeter. And having you know denying the entry pass into the post. Incidentally enough, the Jazz are favored tonight. Jazz are favored by three in Minnesota. Really? Dude, Carl Anthony Towns is going to have a heyday with Tony Bradley. Like if, if I'm Carl Anthony Towns, I, well, if I'm the coach, I, I use my minutes smartly here with Kat, with Kat and say, you know what? We're going to, we're going to just kind of miss, I guess, uh, strategically use him. So when, when Rudy Gobert's off the court, Kat's on the court because Tony, Tony Bradley would be on the court. And then I just abuse him. I just abuse Tony Bradley because he couldn't handle him, in, you know, earlier in the week. What makes you think he's going to handle him now? Well, it's not like he was getting overpowered physically by Carl Anthony Towns. Cat was killing the Jazz beyond the three point line. So their inability to close out and get him off where he was comfortable shooting. I mean, he raises what two inches off the ground when he launches those threes. So, it, tonight will be really interesting to see the adjustments the Jazz coaching staff makes. Yeah. How quickly do they turn around and make things different to give themselves a better shot at winning the game than what they did on Monday night? 
I don't know. I just don't. And 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 aside from that question, I'm not just trying to dodge it or anything. But when I, I mean, the the further I think about it, Eric, like just offensive execution as a whole has been really bad too. It's not just the big man. It's it's. I mean, it's the whole offensive side of it. Like when Donovan Mitchell's holding the ball for 20 seconds and then finally shooting it. Like going five of 21 is gonna do you and your team no good. At some point, you're if you're quitting, you got to say Donovan, quit shooting. Find other ways to get, you know, to help the team out. Or go to the hole and try to create a foul. If you're not getting the call, then find another way. Right. James Harden, if his shot's not falling, he gets easy shots at the free throw line. So the evolution of Donovan Mitchell, Mike Connolly, yeah. I mean, how much longer do we still say, use the excuse, he's just got to get familiar with his surroundings? Yeah, and that's the other problem. Like, Mike Conley should be familiar with it. He's been in the league long enough. Like, the whole thing of, oh, you know, he'll be fine. He'll get into it. He'll be okay. That I'm hearing from certain people. No. Stop. It, it needs, like, we're, we're far enough from the, the season. That shouldn't be a problem. You should be able to start scoring. It's the same basket. It's the same basketball. It's still basketball court. Figure it out. You've been in the league long enough. So... Uh, but yeah, Mike Conley's got to be much better right now. He, right now, I would have took Ricky Rubio over Mike Conley if I knew Mike was going to be this bad. I would have took Ricky in a heartbeat. Uh, Ricky's a facilitator. Conley's not a bad facilitator either. Conley does have the ability to to hit the outside shot. Ricky was wildly inconsistent. I, I still think yeah, but was Ricky the right was movement. a better defender. I have to think about that. Yeah, I, I take Ricky as a defender over Mike Conley. And by the way, Mike Conley hasn't been great offensively consistently. Consistently, There's no, no consistency out of him. I thought that's what was supposed to be so good about Mike Conley. There's, he's not consistent. I don't know why people defend him so much. I don't get it. Do you... Something else I don't get is the Portland Trailblazers signing Carmelo Oh Eddie. my gosh. And by the way, he was not good. Made his first bucket. <laughs> Trailblazer. Uh, yeah. I just is it sustainable? Man, I don't know. I don't think so. No, it's it not. Is, it'll sound great now, but it just seems like a desperation move for Portland. Yeah. Are they really in that much of trouble that they need to sign Carmelo Anthony? He he'll be such a liability on defense. Here's my question: Does he make it to February? I think he'll probably still be on their roster, but how many minutes he gets? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, does this, how? Okay, so he started, right? Does he start in February? No, no. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't even know if he makes it to February because his minutes will diminish, and as they diminish, he's going to get frustrated, and it's going to be Houston all over again. He's just going to leave. Like. <laughs> I don't know what Portland was thinking. <laughs> I, I think Houston and maybe I think other NBA teams were kind of like, what in the world? Yeah, that, that's that's just not good. He's a gym hero when he's playing all by himself, making yeah. shots. Yeah, if it was one on five, face. look, this works great because he can shoot every time, but it's not. There's four other guys. And by the way, two of those guys are really good players. When Damian Lillard comes back to play, it's going to be Damian, CJ, and Carmelo on the court together. 
Yikes. Portland Trailblazers are currently 5-10. and 10. Yeah, it's bad. It's, they are the second worst in the West. They are easily the most disappointing team in the NBA right now. Yes, absolutely. And they just, uh, did Pau Gasol, he's done, right? I guess they're going to find like a coaching thing for him to be a part of the coach. His rehab just isn't going as smoothly as they hope. So he's actually going to be, they're working in a deal where he'll just be a... Pau Gasol a, was going to Portland? Yeah, I think so. That's what it said. Hold on. I have this. I just saw this and I read it today. Ah. Gasol waved by Blazers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To the last hour. Yeah. So the rehab on his left foot wasn't, it was his left foot, wasn't it? If I remember right. I think it was surgery. Yeah. Rehab is left foot. Yeah. And so they're going to try and make him into being a coach now to help out with the team, which they could use a lot of help from a future Hall of Famer. Feel bad. He's he's had a heck of a career. I I think this does it for him, though. I think he's done after this. Signed a one-year deal with the Blazers in July. Well, I missed that one. Yeah, you did. Um, currently, I mean, the standings in the NBA are kind of screwy. Lakers are number one, only two losses. Rockets are number two. Followed by the Denver Nuggets, the L.A. Clippers, Dallas Mavericks, then the Jazz, followed by the Timberwolves and the Phoenix Suns. Before the season began, a couple weeks into it, would you have expected to be that your to see those teams as your top eight in the West? Who is it again? I wouldn't. So it's L.A. Yep. Uh, Lakers. Yep. Rockets. Yep. Nuggets. Yes. Clippers. Yes. Mavericks. No. Jazz. Yes. Timberwolves. No. Suns. No. About 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Suns can't continue this forever. They're, uh, they, they'll be out of it by February. I really think so. Dude, th- this Suns team's not that good. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I think I they know. got a good coach. I think I they've know. got something going there. I know. I just don't think they can sustain that, that sort of momentum. A team that started off really bad but have come along lately are the Sacramento Kings. They could be in the top eight before too long. Yeah. And Minnesota, maybe. But they're, I mean, they're, I'm, I'm putting them at the bottom. Now, we just had one of our coworkers come in and scorn me for telling him that I thought he was going to be wrong. My bad. Sorry. Cry some more. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, the Lakers, I just didn't see it. Now, again, we I mean we're in we're in November still. So let's like calm down the realistic expectation until we get to February. In the dog days of the NBA season, January, February, right, March, uh, it's it's hard. It's hard to gauge it. It's hard to really gauge where a team's gonna stand. And then once really like teams do rest players, LeBron's gonna get rest. Anthony Davis is gonna get rest. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, uh, I don't know, James Harden maybe even. Nah, he won't. He needs to shoot. He won't. I don't know. You, you'll just see other teams rest players and kind of monitor that stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm a little surprised to see uh, Houston where they're at as the number two team in the West. Uh, and the other thing that's a surprise is that we're this deep into the season, and tonight will be the first time that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will be on the court at the same time as teammates. 
That's which makes gonna, me wonder how many more fun. How many more games will be in between the next time this happens? Yeah, because oh, one takes nights yeah, off for yeah. no, the it's, other. It's going to happen a lot, and I I, I would imagine LeBron James. It's going to happen. Paul George is going to happen. You know, here's the thing: like we we scorn the idea of players resting for nights off. Guess what? Kawhi Leonard played 66 games last year and then was fresh for the playoffs to start the playoffs and then looked dog-tired and beaten up by Game 7 of the NBA Finals. He will never, ever play an 82-game season for the rest of his career. No. Ever. Why would he? That proved that he doesn't need to. Yep. But at the same time, Eric... This also gives a lot of credit and a lot of value and a lot of appreciation to guys like LeBron James, who did it a lot. Kobe Bryant, who did it numerous times. True. Uh, to Tim. Well, no, no, not Tim Duncan. I'm going to erase that one immediately. Uh, Dwayne Wade, Shaquille O'Neal. Like it gives you a lot of appreciation for what those guys did because they saw Game Sevens. Right? I mean, they saw it in the finals, and they saw um, a series that went seven games in all three rounds that they went to, all four rounds. So it's tough. It's, it's, um, but again, I don't blame Kawhi. He's going to, it's his career. Like, he's not going to, you know, exhaust himself and beat himself up for 82 straight games, then go deep into the finals and, and just be done and broken. Yep. Uh, so what? We'll see what happens tonight for the Utah Jazz again. Pre-game right here on the fan, starting at five fifty. Tip off at six o'clock. Coming up next here on the full court press, um, this, Utah State became bowl eligible this weekend. So we've kind of held off on looking at any bowl projections. We looked at a few earlier in the year, and then we've held off because we just frankly weren't sure if Utah State really was going to be bowl eligible, really make it. Well, technically, they are bowl eligible now, so we've opened ourselves up to that again. So what are the quote-unquote experts saying about where Utah State might go bowling? And also coming up this hour, our Full Court Press movie quiz and a conversation I had uh, yesterday with linebacker Eric Munoz. That guy has had quite a last couple of days, so we'll hear from him coming up on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, it's Full Court Press. Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, streaming online, 106.9thefan.com. And we apologize. If you were trying to stream us yesterday, there there were some funky issues going on. We were on the air, but we weren't online. It was weird. What did you do? I was uh, in where you're sitting now, so I was not in control at all. Okay, but you were here all day, Eric. You had plenty of time to mess things up. You're in here a lot, pushing buttons for no reason. 
Usually there's a reason. <laughs> hey, Bob, bull projections are uh, about to come out. And, uh, well, they about came out as we get uh, closer and closer to bowl season. Uh, we have, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, we have two games left in the regular season before conference championship weekend comes up. And whether Utah State will be there or not is, is left to be seen, yet to be seen, I should say. But uh, the bull projections for a lot of publications are are on its way out, and you're not going to like what they are projecting Utah State to be in. Um, USA Today. Well, in fact, let's do this here first. Let's do the playoff, okay? So in the playoff, according to USA Today, it's Ohio State and Clemson and LSU and Oregon. And then they have LSU versus Clemson in the championship. The Sugar Bowl would have Oklahoma-Alabama. The Rose Bowl would have Penn State in Utah. The Orange Bowl would have uh, Virginia Tech in Georgia. And the Cotton Bowl would have Notre Dame and Memphis. That would be a bad game. Yucky. Uh, Armed Forces Bowl would have Buffalo versus Air Force. The Arizona Bowl would have Wyoming and Arkansas State. Uh, the cheese bowl would be, uh, Iowa State versus Nevada, as the Pac-12 would not have a representative in that bowl. The, what bowl is that? The Texas Bowl will have Oklahoma State versus an SEC representative that will not be fulfilled, so Fresno State will take that position, and they'll be in the Texas Bowl. BYU and Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl, go figure. The Las Vegas Bowl will have Boise State in California. The New Mexico Bowl will have Western Kentucky versus San Diego State, which leaves one bowl left with one team needing a bowl, and guess who it is? That's right, everybody. The Idaho Potato Bowl, Toledo versus Utah State. So that's USA Today. But get used to that theme a lot in these publications that I've looked at. Uh, Okay, College Football News. They put theirs together. I'm just focusing on the Mountain West Bowl or teams. Okay, fine. Do that. The New Mexico Bowl, uh, Nevada and Southern Miss. The uh, Las Vegas Bowl, Hawaii versus yeah. Cal. What the crap? What? Really? <laughs> Hawaii would love that. They yeah. would complain. So that would mean Hawaii would not be going to their own bowl, and they've got that as BYU versus Wyoming. The Mountain West team going to the Cheez-It Bowl. Kansas State versus San Diego State. The uh, Arizona Bowl. Georgia Southern versus San Jose. I don't know how San Jose becomes bowl eligible. They got to win out. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Central Michigan versus Utah State. (laughs) And the uh, Armed Forces Bowl. Air Force versus Indiana. And the cheese Bowl will have Kansas State versus San Diego State. That's amazing to me. There's a ACC is probably not going to fill all of its bowls. Yeah, ice. no, they're not even close. In fact, I don't think it's even close, is it? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, really quickly, just on that regard, with uh, with that lineup, I was looking at the. Oh nope, that's not it. Never mind. I I thought I had it, but I don't. So never mind that idea. That sucks. Really badly. I was going to look at the playoff because I'm kind of interested in how where people have the playoff listed at. Can't find it here, so never mind. All right. So, yeah, that does them. And then Brett McMurphy, who 
is not sober when he does these things. Uh, these His really are out there. So his college football playoff, he had LSU and Ohio State, and then, uh, uh, oh, no, they had, yeah, LS, they had LSU and Utah and Ohio State and Clemson. Uh, Mountain West-wise, he has Hawaii in the Arizona Bowl versus Georgia Southern. Uh, he has the uh, he has Air Force in the Cheez Bowl versus Kansas State. So he has Central Florida versus BYU in the Hawaii Bowl. He has oh, San Diego State versus Ohio in the Idaho Potato Bowl. And Boise State versus Cal in the Vegas Bowl. Kentucky versus Nevada in the New Mexico Bowl. That would tick. That would tick Kentucky off. And then in the Texas Bowl, to fulfill the SEC spot, he has Iowa State versus Utah State. Dude, he has been way too favorable of Utah State. It, uh, is that okay to say? Uh, he's, he's been high on Utah State. <laughs> season. Yeah, uh, he has Utah State playing. I, I mean, that'd be a great matchup and a great bowl for them. But that's a long shot. Utah State versus Iowa State in the Texas Bowl. All right, so ESPN, they have a couple, they have two different guys. Oh, that's what I'm looking at here. Okay, that I was like, weigh in. What's this? Yeah, Sh- uh, Shlabak so, and uh, Bangira. Magira. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe, Frisco Bowl, Fresno State versus Memphis. Bangura has Utah, or excuse me, has uh, Fresno State going there. Uh, the New Mexico Bowl, Marshall versus Wyoming. The other guy has Charlotte versus Nevada. In the Las Vegas Bowl, Boise State versus Washington State or Boise State versus Arizona State. In the Hawaii Bowl, BYU versus Hawaii. They both agree on that. In the Cheez-It Bowl, San Diego State versus Kansas State. Both of them feel that's how that's going to go. Now, this is interesting. Utah State uh, versus Southern Miss at the First Responder Bowl. Now, this is be at the Gerald J. Ford Stadium in Dallas is where that's played on December 30th. Uh, that's a pretty good bowl right there. That's for, sh- that's for shot block. Uh, the Arizona Bowl, Georgia Southern versus Nevada or Georgia Southern versus San Jose. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Central Michigan versus Utah State. That's Bonagura. Uh, Schlebeck says uh, Buffalo versus Wyoming. And then for the Armed Forces Bowl, Air Force versus Miami of Ohio or Air Force versus Toledo. Bangura also has Utah in the college football playoff. Shawblock has him in the Rose Bowl versus Wisconsin. Shawblock's the guy who freaking like eats up, eats up the, uh, the SEC. So no, so no surprise there. So what do you think, man? Uh, I know it's it's still early. I mean, we're halfway there, but it's semi-early. To seeing how things pan out, look, if there's a tiebreaker that has to happen, Utah State finishes third out of that tiebreaker. They don't win it. Even if we beat Boise State, er, and someone tweeted out that, like, Boise State would go on to the Mount West Conference Championship, uh... For whatever reason, it was a weird reason, like based on college football playoff or something, which it couldn't be any further from the truth. If we beat Boise State, that knocks them out of there. And then Air Force, honestly, if they can win out, would probably end up taking that spot. Would move ahead of Boise State and of Utah State. 
So Air Force looks like they'll be the ones. If there's a tiebreaker that has to happen, Air Force is going to be favored the best. Air Force is in the pole position. Yeah. Uh, the thing that does help for Utah State, though, is their win on the road at San Diego State. Mm. And that they won all their games against the West Division. That'll help. But you know what? The the thing is, Utah State is bowl eligible right now. If they want a chance to go to some of these, uh, fill some of these uh, bowl games that need to be filled outside of their original agreements, Utah State needs to get to seven wins. And it would be a lot easier to fill those if Utah State's at eight wins. To do that, they have to win Saturday. That's the most important thing. Yeah, Mountain West, nothing else matters. Mountain West is the most important thing. Yeah. Winning that conference. Bowl game is gravy no matter what. Yeah, there's some that we prefer over others. And it would be nice to go somewhere they haven't gone before. But, yeah. It's all just projections. Doesn't matter. And it won't matter for another couple of weeks. Uh, all right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Ajay, let's get into our Full Court Press movie quiz. Oh. I don't know if you're going to guess this one. Yeah, I'm it'll not depend, so sure I will either. It'll depend on how well I get into character. So stay tuned for that. I'll do my best to recreate a classic scene from a sports movie. And uh, also coming up, we're going to hear from Eric Munoz, linebacker from Utah State, who's had a tremendous last couple of days with an outstanding performance on Saturday, named the conference co-defensive player of the week, went from walk-on to scholarship player. He's riding on cloud <laughs> cloud nine. So I got a chance to catch up with him after practice the other day, hear from him on uh, what's happened and transpired in the last few days for him, what that's meant for his family, and what he has to say about Boise State. So stay tuned for that coming up here on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. Hey, let me ask you something. Would a bowl game, like, if you were to be a part of that committee at Utah State or whatever, would you rather play your bowl game before Christmas or after Christmas? After Christmas. Why? Just you have, I think you'd have more opportunity for fans to get there. Without conflicting with yeah. other yeah. other plans that people I, might have. Could you imagine? <laughs> I shouldn't say this. But if they play that game close to home, so Phoenix, Las Vegas, because when's the Las Vegas Bowl, Eric? Uh, when is that? The twenty first? Oh, is that the twenty? Oh, is that an early one? Yes. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, it's December twenty first. It's a Saturday, so that'd be great. I mean, people would make it to that if they if they played a game that's close to home. Because Utah State men's basketball plays like Greensville or Evergreen something, Oregon. <laughs> Oh, tennis might be rough for that game. For the men's basketball game, not for the bowl game, I'm saying. Uh, again, we you wouldn't would, gripe about it. Yeah, no, not at all. Look, if you're in Phoenix, Arizona getting ready for, uh, which you, hopefully you'd be able to go. I mean, for, I mean, we always send Craig or Al or me or somebody. And at some point, we got to say, you know what? Let's send Eric and go and get us some good coverage of the Utah State bowl game. And, I got family down there. Yeah. 
got family down there. It'd be there. hard for me to find a place to land. Oh, man, that'd be nice. You don't even have to pay for a hotel or anything. Oh, nope. you're going. Oh, you're freaking going, dude. You're on. That's awesome. And we'll get live, in-depth, right there on the spot coverage of the bowl game. That'd be great. With me, like, hanging out by the pool. <laughs> yeah. The Soaking game, up the, the sun. The game's going on. You're like, you know what? Just listening to uh, the TV here, and uh, I'm actually at the beach. Ooh, there's a big wave. There's a big wave coming up here, Just folks. Just another lap around the uh, uh Aggies, pool. I think, have scored. I'm getting bad reception here. Hold on. Let me hit my TV. Yeah, okay, there we go. Yep, uh, I see someone has just scored. Don't splash, kids. <laughs> hey, hey, put that shark down. Put it down. Sorry. No, that would be a great one because it's a few days after Christmas. I think people could travel there. Yeah. there there's a number of Aggie fans in Arizona, Aggie players that are in from Arizona. Look at you try to promote them to get to that bowl. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, Eric, it's, uh, it's, it's that time. Okay, as you know, hey, do you have your intro ready? Do I have my intro ready? Yeah, our future presentation. No. Eric, you know the drill. I I have to babysit you through these things. It's unreal. It's unreal. Uh, but it, it is time for that very special segment that we have. There's two, very, there's two important segments in our radio show. One, Captain Craig Smith... Moments, right? We're going to uh, talk about Captain Craig Smith and uh, get his thoughts on, on what's going on in the Utah Worldwide of Sports. And this. And now, your future presentation. Future. <laughs> Starring Eric Franson. It's. The movie quiz. Ooh, I timed that well. That was that was really good. It's like you practiced that. Yeah, you know. I think he does. Experts. All right. <laughs> I love how we always start I laughing think before you able to do this script. voice. All right. Okay. Okay. It was just. By the was, way, I still want my pick six gift. <laughs> oh, that's right. I owe you. I owe you. It was great just watching you. Every day was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world. And you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell, them, tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it'll beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit hard, hit as hard as life. But it ain't about you, about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then you go out and you get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying, you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that. And that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. Okay, well, your voice sucked, but I don't even know what the movie that is. Um, Let's see. I'm going to love you no matter what. That could be th- one of three things. The replacements. Unnecessary roughness. Or if anybody knows this movie, will you tweet at me? 
text me or something, hit me up. I don't even know that movie. Um, can you read that again? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, okay, play the clip. I'll so, play the clip. Someone tweeted me or text me, please. It was great just watching. Every day was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame. Is that like Arnold Schwarzenegger? I really don't know what this is. something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. Did Al Pacino have a heart attack after that? Does not involve Al Pacino, no. Does not involve Arnold Will Schwarzenegger. Will someone tweet me and tell me here? Come on. Really, that is one of the great motivational speeches in sports movies. There's some great ones. But that, that's a great one. That's how winning is done. You won't, you won't hear that line again until you get it right. What was that scene between a father and a son, as you can clearly tell? Oh, well, you can't tell. Does he say son? It never mentions their father-son relationship, okay. does it? Okay, I guess maybe it doesn't. Uh, but it was great watching you every day. It was like a privilege. But, yes? Well, the Karate Kid's trainer watched him every day. <laughs> uh no one's helping me out here, so I'm going to have to do this on my own. Um, man, is that Danny Glover? Nope. Oh! I'm always going to love you no matter what. Dude, thanks to this guy. Is it Rocky? The movie Rocky? Yeah. Technically, the answer is no. You're on the right path, though. Okay, is it Rocky 10? Rocky Balboa. That's the name of the movie. Rocky Balboa. This is when Rocky, he's, he's old, basically washed up, but he gets back into the ring. He's got an adult son, and he's freaking out because his dad's going to get back into the ring. Well, geez, Dad, calm down. That's how winning is done. Oh, my gosh. Like, steroids much, man? It's Rambo? a good movie. If you haven't seen it, you should go see it. Richard Vollmer, thank you for your help, my man. I had my reservations about it, thinking, really? Rocky Balboa. This is a tired storyline, but... It really is. This is a good movie. Like, the first four or five were great, and then after that, you just... I don't know. You gotta turn it off. Number four was awesome. Was that the German one? Was that the Russian dude? Yeah, the Russian. Oh, that that was good. And the soundtrack The height of the Red Scare. Yeah, oh, Dude, the soundtrack to that was all... We all thought the Russians had this advanced technology, and they were all gonna come and, like... All be beefcakes and destroy us. Which, dude. Couldn't the, be further from the The truth. guy that came in there was a beefcake. Did you yeah, see him? But he was from Sweden, actually. What? Dolph Lundgren. He's from Sweden. 
Anyway, we digress. And we need to take a, a In the quick movie, break. he's from Russia. <laughs> he plays a Russian. He's not from Russia. Hey, you ever thought about having a movie from India starring Ajay? It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. I feel like I want to go out and hit something right now. Let's go. Oh, jeez. Go, Rocky's getting me pumped. Okay. Let's HGH much. That's how winning is done. Oh, jeez. Scares the crap out of me. Uh, hey, coming up next hour, we'll get into the know. Utah State at uh, at home uh, taking on Boise State. We'll hear from uh, somebody who's followed Boise State for a lot of years. They've seen the ups and downs, really not really many downs with that, Utah, with that Boise State football team. But get their perspective on you know what, what they're seeing from Boise and what they're seeing out of Utah State. And a fun conversation I had with Eric Munoz yesterday after practice. He's had himself quite a couple of days. First time, his first career start on Saturday has a team high 13 tackles, two interceptions. A few days later, named the co-defensive player of the week from the Mountain West Conference. He was awarded a scholarship by his team, mugged by all of his teammates, Really cool story, and uh, one of the one of the other, and then a long list of reasons why we love sports when you hear stories like this unfold. So I got a chance to t- catch up with him yesterday after practice to see how he's handling all of this and to see what his thoughts are about Boise State because they've got a pretty daunting task ahead of them against uh, a, a good program. They've had some injuries, but they haven't really missed much of a beat for the Broncos and some of the players that they've plugged in there. So stay tuned for that and an extended conversation with somebody who's been following Boise for quite a while, a uh, beat writer uh, that's followed Boise State. I'm going to give his perspective on what he's seeing from the Broncos this season and from the Aggies as well as they uh, match up against each other on uh, late Saturday night on Merlin Olsen Field. So stay tuned for that. It's coming up here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Filling in for Dan Patrick, I'm Seton O'Connor, and this is Above the Noise. Not sure if you caught it, but Rob Gronkowski made a big announcement on Tuesday. No, he's not coming back. He wanted to let everyone know he's hosting a Super Bowl beach party. Now, it would be breaking news if he wasn't hosting a Super Bowl beach party. But later in the day, he said that he's not ruling out a return to football, just not this season. And we have to take him at his word. Gronk is only 30, so of course there's a chance he's coming back. There's no doubt the Patriots could use him right now, but if you follow Gronk, he's a marketing machine. He's becoming the Shaquille O'Neal of the NFL, selling things all over the place. So what better way to keep his name in the news than to hold out the carrot that, hey, maybe someday he'll return. So don't be surprised if Gronk subtly flirts with coming back for years, even if he really is done playing the game that made him famous. I'm Seton O'Connor, in for Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.